0: Ladies and gentlemen, what is going on? I am RDA. Obviously, you're listening to us because we are the Late Round Flyers, and we talk all things fantasy football. Not normally alongside me is normally the one, the only Mr. Lance dealing himself, but because he just told me, he sent me a text, he said he has money to blow like that, so he got himself an extra week down in the islands. Damn, it must be nice. One day I will love to live that way. But until then, I decided to go back because last week's show was so great. I appreciate everyone that reached out to us, man. Austin was very awesome to have, so now we decided to have him back. So, Mr. Austin Jensen, welcome back aboard, sir. Thank you for joining us once again.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. I love being here. love talking fantasy.
0: Oh, man, this is going to be awesome, man. We got a great show. Obviously, again, we record these on uh, Thursdays with Austin and uh so we won't be talking too much about this great game that we have going on tonight with the Cardinals and the Packers. So instead we will be running through some other games and some other random games that we decided to play today because we want to have some fun and uh see what you guys think out there. I want to see what Austin has in store for you guys. But real quick before we move on to week 8 because we are literally done with the first half of the regular season. If you guys have 3 weeks of playoffs, Seven weeks are done. How did Week Seven treat you, Austin? Because me personally, I'm not gonna lie, I got extremely great news. I went six and zero. It was awesome. But for you, how did it treat you on that end?
1: I won every league but one. One yes. league, uh, Sam Darnold killed me. Of course, he had like two points for me. So that was that was the big difference in, in that matchup. But every other league, I won all of them, and it was not even close to them. So I'm I'm glad that happened, and I had at least one of the the in, individuals that blew up on sunday so that's a, that's always a good thing to have in your back pocket
0: man a hundred percent you know what a lot of people that did have sam Darnold ended up taking an l however in one of my redraft leagues actually this guy had uh he had sam Darnold and had to face um cooper cup who had an explosion of a day and still ended up inching out the win by a point that was, that was i'm glad it wasn't my game because i would have really grown <laughs> gray hairs out there it would have been crazy out there but i mean uh of our quick recaps that happened last week, I mean, we predicted some things. Some things came to life. Other things like my Amon Ross St. Brown prediction. Holy hell, do I hate myself and him a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. That was very awful on my end. So if you listen to me, I told you it was a long shot for one. But if you listen, my <clears> bad. All right, that's on me. It didn't work out. Shit happens. But I promise you in week eight, I will make it up to you. But any 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 performances out
1: there that stood out to you, From week seven? Yeah, I mean, just like we we both kind of predicted last week as well, A.J. Brown's back. Um, That connection's back, had a big game, big first half, continuing the second half. I think he had like a – off the top of my head, probably around 133 yards, a touchdown uh, last week. So, welcome back, A.J. Brown. We knew that was going to happen based off the the previous week and that connection with Tannehill. Um, And you know what? The Bengals are legit. I mean, that's the big thing I saw this past week. I didn't think they had a chance against the Ravens, but the Ravens are doing what the Ravens do, which is they either show up and they're the best or they don't show and they're one of the worst. So um, that was great to see with Jamar Chase, over 200 yards in that game as a rookie. Incredible.
0: Incredible. That slant that he took, he spun and then hit the juke and then took off running. I was like, holy hell, this guy is fast. It was great to watch him. A guy that used to be like that was a guy that you said is not like that anymore, Mr. Julio Jones. So... You told people to chillax on that guy, and sure enough, hopefully they did because he did not have himself any of that glory that the Titans had while they were destroying and putting that beat down on the Chiefs. So if you listen to Austin on that one, great job. You know what? Because Julio Jones, it was not your day, man. I'm sorry. It is what it is. But you know what? Again, any anything else of week seven that you want to touch on before we continue on to week eight?
1: Basically, I mean, it just went down how I really thought. I, I did predict the Titans to win and beat the Chiefs, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't think it was going to be this big of a beatdown. Pat Mahomes doesn't look like himself. His receivers aren't getting open. Defenses are, are really focusing on Tyreek Hill and shutting down um, Travis Kelsey. But, I mean, other than that, it really went the way I thought it would. Bears had no chance against Buccaneers. Ooh. The Raiders are still here, and I think they're going to be a contender. Derek Derek Harr looks great. I, I I mean if you look at his fantasy numbers, he's a must Looking start. Awesome. I mean, if he's if you have him, I mean he's putting up numbers week in and week out. Rams beating the Lions. I mean, you kind of yeah, you man. we said that was game of the week, and he, you know, it was it was kind of a revenge revenge game for both teams. The Lions had the lead for a long time. That
0: <laughs> that that surprised me. I was like, Holy crap, am I about to lose a lot of money on this game? It is ridiculous. But the Rams in the end, you know, Cooper Cup, Jesus Christ, my God. <laughs> This guy is phenomenal to see out there play some football. Did you expect yep. Cooper Cup to be having this caliber
1: of a year? I did not. Um, I was—I've never been a big Cooper Cup fan, um, but you know what? With him and Matt Stafford, it's—it's it's the perfect, perfect receiver for him. Mm-hmm. He's that short down yards guy that can take it to the house um, and, and make people miss. Uh, I mean, he's going to be a wide receiver one week in and week out. He's going to have those off weeks like every other receiver, but he's in my start as well. Um, but my biggest uh, thing I want to say to everyone listening was last week, I, I said start – you know, this tight end for the 49ers is a deep I, – I did say it's a deep, deep uh, you sleeper you did. So yeah. if you need somebody. But everyone in that game was terrible. I mean, that was a rain game. Oh, my God. No the weather was it. horrible. Yeah, dropping snaps, dropping passes, throw throwing it, it, it was just a hard fantasy outing for everyone. Yeah,
0: yeah if you were – if you were counting on the Sunday night game, to bail you out and get you a win. <laughs> Unless you had Johnny Taylor, I mean, it had to hurt your feelings after it was. It was very heartbreaking to have to watch that game in full. And then the Monday night game, just another one that didn't live up to all expectations that we had there.
1: Except Kamara. Kamara oh. just tore it up. As a receiver, though, not even on the yeah. ground. He's the oh. only one in that game that actually gave anyone some decent points.
0: A hundred and something yards. I mean, with the tutty in there, it was great to watch that guy, which we will get into later on, but how do you feel Mark Ingram now joins the squad again, back with the one two punch? How much will this cut into Alvin Kamara's great season that he's having thus far?
1: Yeah, I, and you know, I'm a huge Texans fan. I'm on my desk right now. I'm showing right, Rudy, right. you know, my Texans helmet. Yeah. Texans coaster. Um, I love the Ingram in Houston, by the way. He, he, mm-hmm. Great leader, um, extremely athletic. You can still see that he can beat people out to the corner. I think it's going to help. Kamara, to be honest, Um, he needed a rotation back. Every NFL running back, in my opinion, needs a guy to step in every once in a while and give a breather from getting beat up. And Kamara can't touch the ball 30-plus times a game. And so that's the only guy they are relying on right now until Michael Thomas comes back, which is hopefully soon. But I think it's going to be a great addition. I think Ingram's value has gone up there. But it's not going to kill Kamara's value at all, in my opinion.
0: Nice. I hope that's definitely true. Um, But yeah, just just in the spirit of keeping on with fantasy football, because a lot of people here are already won or lost. So if you lost, that sucks, man. I'm sorry. You should have listened to us in certain areas. Obviously, again, my bad for St. Brown. He let me down. I wrote him a very angry letter. Um, But we will continue with week eight because that's exactly what we're here to talk about. And we will get started out the gate with the Titans facing off against the Colts, the AFC battle down there, two teams that are, One of them is bound to win the division more than likely. But uh, the other one is trying to fight for one of those wild card spots in the playoffs and try to get in. Carson Wentz versus uh, good old Ryan Tannehill, who looks have come alive again. Michael Pittman versus A.J. Brown. Johnny Taylor. Derrick Henry. Just a great matchup across the board. What about this game? Obviously, I mean, everything has to interest you. But what in this game? will be some deciding factors out there for other people out there that have these players.
1: And this is, this is full of people. You can start in your lineup. I mean, AJ Brown, like we just mentioned earlier in last week, he, he's a starter and he, he's back. Um, Derek Henry, if you don't start him and you have him, you should just quit fantasy football. Can I be sure. honest? Mm-hmm. He is the King of running backs until he leaves this game. I want to be honest there. Oh, yeah. um, and on the, on the Colts side, you have Jonathan Taylor. He like said, Young back, big body, just like uh, Derrick Henry. I'm not going to put him in the same category as Derrick Henry because he's in his own category, but Carson Wentz as well. Carson Wentz, at quarterback, last three weeks is finally coming into his element, getting comfortable with the offense, getting comfortable with his weapons, and he has a ton of them, looking great. But Pittman, Pittman at wide receiver has finally shown up because Wentz has actually shown up. Mm -hmm. He is starting to become a must start as well for, for the Colts. And I love seeing that big, I think he's six four. I love yeah, seeing that giant monster go up and, and get those balls that wince those up to him. I mean, this is just begging for, for people to watch, him. And, and it's going to be a high-scoring game here. I don't think any defense – both have decent and good defenses, but they're not going to slow down these offenses.
0: No, neither one of them. The, the one question, like I said, because obviously with, there is a ton of firepower from everyone. Now, on the Colts side, real quick, I did want to get your thoughts on two players that – are they worth starting in this game? Because you have a theory that there's going to be tons of points. The tight end for the Colts, old Carson Wentz and uh, Mally Mo Cox, very interesting name. And uh, the other receiver, he's kind of been lost in the mix between Pittman and T.Y. and Perriman. But Mr. Pascal, you know, he's a younger guy, first year in with the Colts and, you know, doing some things in some games. But is that a wild card in this game that could potentially be a breakout now that Brashad Perriman looks to be done for the season?
1: I mean, yeah, he. I wouldn't say a breakout. Is it flex? Is he flex worthy? Probably. If you're desperate for for that spot, if you're dealing with injuries or bi week hell, um, as we know, like even last week, how many people were on bye week? I mean, that just happens where you have no one else to start, so you're looking for those people. That's a great. That's a great, great, yep. great thing to bring up, Rudy. That, um, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, absolutely for him. I don't see anyone else besides that outside of. Him, actually, that's like worthy to start and be confident. Yeah, the tight end for the Colts, uh, what's his name, Molly Cox or whatever mm-hmm. his name is, he's hot and then he's cold. Yep. And so he's very touchdown dependent as well. He'll get two or three catches, and if he doesn't have a touchdown, he'll, he'll give you three or four points. So oh, wow. it's never a ton of yards for him. It's like 30, 40 yards. I'm not a big fan of him, but like you like you just said, it might be a high-scoring game. It might be worth the, the pick up just to try to get that touchdown, because as we all know, tight ends hard to actually put on your roster and be confident.
0: A hundred percent. I mean, seriously, I, I was looking that, I think Noah Fant was like number six on tight ends and a couple lists. And I was like, damn, I like him a lot. And he does put up decent numbers, but if that's number six at that position, Holy crap. What does that say about that whole general thing? Um, <laughs> exactly. Dude, uh, any other thoughts on I me mean, on the Titans is that that offense looked to be an absolute, Walking explosion touchdown all over the field on the Kansas City Chiefs. Are we in for that same performance again? I think so.
1: I I really do. Um, The Colts have a great run stop defense. They have one of the best linebackers in the league as well. I just don't see them stopping AJ Brown in the pass game and Derrick Henry. Even though you're going to stack the box and try to stop him, he's going to bust a couple big runs on you. He's going to get his yardage. Last week was a bad week, and I think he had seventy plus yards. Mm-hmm. And a passing touchdown of all things. He did that Tim Tebow, the, hood off, the little <laughs> drop the pass. Exactly, but I mean, I think it's gonna it's gonna be a shootout. I really do. I think it's gonna it's gonna be you know probably 24-31, mm, somewhere nice. around there in that instance. And I think I'm gonna be pulling probably for the Titans. I think Titans are are a better team um, in this one, just due to the running game being able to open up the pass.
0: Oh, man, it would be very fun to see uh, Ryan Tannehill start leading that offense. They beat the Bills. They beat the Chiefs. It looks like the Colts are next on that hit list, and uh, we'll definitely see what is in store for these guys on Sunday. Um, the next game we got going up another AFC divisional matchup. The Pittsburgh Steelers, Najee Harrison Company, Big Ben facing against, uh, it seems to be broken down, Baker and uh, Odell, who apparently also wants to get hurt in a couple quarters in, but The running back situation, it looks like the Brownies can do no wrong with running backs. That randomness of the Ernest Johnson just killing it in the first game he ever plays in to start in the NFL. And then obviously Nick Chubb is still on the squad. Kareem Hunt is out for a little bit, but the running back situation for the Brownies, is that an instant start regardless if it's Nick Chubb, Johnson, or me? Rudy, I would
1: start. I would start you if you were on the Cleveland Browns at running back. Yes, there's no hesitation there. It's that is by far the best run blocking offensive line I have seen this year. No matter who's behind that line, they're going to do decent. Um, Will they do what he uh, he did last week? No, I didn't think he would do that last week. As we spoke, like we said, actually, Rudy and I actually spoke after the show about that, Um, but. Nick Chubb should be back this week from his injury. Yep. So Nick Chubb is one of the best runners in the NFL, one of the best eyes. He also is one of the best tackle breakers in NFL. NFL make people miss. I think he will shred this defense. I think he will um, be great in this game unless they try to limit him and, and rotate him on, on this one. But I want to get your opinion on this one. Ooh. Who do you think is going to win, and who do you think the number one receiver is going to be in this game?
0: What's crazy is, I love the Cowboys because I grew up here in Dallas, but my team that I always loved loved to cheer for for the longest time ever were the Brownies because they were terrible. Unlike the Dallas Cowboys, they never got my hopes up. I knew that they would suck, and I just, you know, I made peace with it. The Cowboys, on the other hand, will always get my hopes up, and then Super Bowl bound, and then bam, we never were. So the Brownies are the team that I like to cheer for, but I just don't think they can do it. Baker's hurt. Case Keenum is good, but – not good enough to keep him in the game if the Pittsburgh Steelers are to run away with it, which brings me to, I guess, the leading receiver. I'm going to go out and say that Deontay Johnson, if he plays in this game, just absolutely has himself a nice day out there because for some reason, this cornerback, the secondary for the Browns that I thought would be very good with the addition of John Johnson. Obviously, they already had Denzel Ward at corner. I thought they would be able to manhandle some people, but they're just letting people run free. And I think all it's going to take is about two or three 40, 50 yard catches out there for Deontay Johnson, and it will be done and done. I see him finishing with a buck 20, two touchdowns in this week.
1: Man, that's that's a, a very big prediction right there, Rudy. Oh yeah. I, oh yeah. I, I honestly think uh if we're going the Browns, I'm gonna pick Landry Odell, I think is dead. Um, yeah, he hasn't looked the same since he left the giants. I'm done with them. It's been too many years, too many games. I'm done. Uh, Landry is a target machine, mm-hmm. uh, PPR starter, no matter what. But, um, I think the best one's going to be chase Claypool. actually same team as yours, even okay. though Johnson will get more t- targets and catches. Absolutely. But chase Claypool's so big and so good. And has he been the receiver? We all thought he would be since Juju got hurt. No, but he's also at the same time been fighting a hamstring injury, Mm -hmm. but good news. I believe they were on bye week last week, so he got to rest that hamstring for a week. Um, So hopefully he comes back fresh, that whole team comes back fresh. And I think Claypool is going to um, be the most dominant receiver on that team moving forward. Um, for the rest of the season there. So I think he's great. Start pick him up, trade for him. People yep. are quite, you know, trading him at, at for very minimal right now. But besides receivers, who do you like better? Chubb or Harris? That's my question for you.
0: I would honestly, I was gonna throw a curveball at you with the last question and say Harris was gonna be the leading receiver, but I was like, maybe I'm just getting a little bit too uh, fancy for myself. But I'm going with Harris. This guy can catch the ball. I love Nick Chubb, man. That's my guy. Right. I like to draft him because you know I like to name my team the Chubby Chasers. That's that's my thing out there. Don't spit that water out whenever you laugh at this joke, okay? Um. Nevertheless, uh, that, that's just my thing. You know, I, I love Nick Chubb. That guy is a great runner, but Najee Harris can catch. And lately, the past two weeks that this guy has been with the Steelers, prior to the uh, bye week, this man looks. Like he's proven to everyone why he was the first running back taken, why he could be this team's future, and literally for many years to come, just to be an ace in the hole, running through people, catching the ball, doing his thing. So for me, I'm taking Najee Harris to finish inside the top three at running back this week.
1: Yeah, I, and I really like Harris as well. I mean, his catching ability. I mean, some games he doesn't run the ball at all, at all, very well, but his his pass catching makes up for it. He'll have. 12, 15 targets and have 10 catches, which is great, especially for PPR. Like you said, he might be the leading receiver. I have no doubt on that. That's a great point, Rudy. Yep. Um, Just
0: a random uh, trick question on myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but it's, I mean, that's great. I'm a huge Chubb fan uh, when it's when it's running on the ground with Hunt on. I think he'll get most of the workload if he's healthy. Like I said, he might, you know, he was questionable with his, I think he had a calf injury, but um, we'll, we'll see what happens there.
0: You know, 100%. And if uh, those quarterbacks, I mean, Big Ben, is this guy that – is this – obviously him and Baker, you know, Baker's going through the injury, but they rested him last week. Are either of these two quarterbacks worth starting this week or do you just avoid them all together and try to find
1: a better option? Man, these two quarterbacks, I'm not a fan of at all. They will have good weeks, but most weeks will be subpar. I would avoid starting them against each other. It's just Big Ben's out of his prime. And he just doesn't put it in the end zone as much as he used to. I just avoid that Baker Mayfield. He's a great leader. That team is run heavy. They love to run, mm-hmm. run, run. And it seems like every time he passes the ball, if he does pass the ball, he gets it down to the inside, the five and then they run it in. Yep. I don't <laughs> you want know, start Baker either, especially with his, especially with his, um, especially with his injury, like avoid him.
0: Yep. That, that, that shoulder injury is very bad for Baker. Uh, yeah, no, this is not a shake-and-bake week. Put him on the ground, let him sit for a minute, and uh, hopefully he gets better. But until then, yeah, Baker, for me, is not going to start on any squad. Um, Going forward, though, because we do have other games to get to, let's go with the Red Hot Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, they don't wear red, but they are on fire, having not lost a game since the Buccaneers. They win on a bye week. They're ready for their Sunday night matchup. But waiting for them in that Sunday night matchup is an equally feisty squad in Minnesota that carries a firepower offense, great running back in Dalvin Cook. Those receivers, I mean, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson could very well make a case as the best duo in the league right now. This is going to be an incredible matchup, a firework. Hopefully, is going to be the ending to a Halloween with scary amount of points out there. It is going to be just phenomenal to watch for me personally. I cannot wait. For you, though, what catches your attention? Because, again, we just have two top five running backs at their positions, great young receivers with Lamb and Jefferson, and very good veterans like Cooper and Thielen out there on the other side of the squad. Dak Prescott and uh, Kirk Cousins, what a matchup here.
1: Yeah, this is my favorite game of the week. I am extremely excited about this. Um, I remember I sent you this list of games, and this is one of them I – I kind of cut out when I see my picture and I was like, we, we have to talk about this game. Hopefully he plays. I know he's prob- most likely going to play, but he still, you know, if, if he has a bad week of practice, he might not. That would ruin the entire game for me because at that point, Vikings, in my opinion, are going to run all over mm-hmm. him. Dak is the heart and soul of that team. He's a, he's a leader. He's the one that, that operates that offense. So, But if he plays, this is going to be a shootout I don't think it, it's and it's gonna be a fun shootout. This mm. is gonna be full of fantasy relevant individuals. Um if you had to start Dak or Kirk, I would actually start Kirk Cousins over yeah. Dak Prescott. A hundred
0: percent, a hundred percent. Everybody might say Dak and I, I do love him, but the fact that today that you know he had a conference and he said that going into it, you know, the injury isn't terrible. He's feeling good, but he'd rather the injury not linger past this week. I don't know if he's trying to tell me that he's going to sit this week or what. So I'm definitely like, you know what, if you're going to chill or not, even if you play, I'm definitely taking Captain Kirk because everyone sure. wants to talk about Trayvon Diggs and his interception ability. It's great. Most of those interceptions have come off mistakes made by receivers. When you're playing against Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, that'll be very difficult. You will still be able to get yards on this defense for the Cowboys. So, I, I man, Kirk Cousins could easily finish with four touchdowns in this game.
1: No, and, and I agree with that. But I mean, all his weapons that he has, he has Jefferson, Thielen, he has Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is one of the best running backs in the league, but that's another offense where, you, just like the Browns, where you can plug anyone in and they run for 150. Um, but I mean, just full of weapons here against that improved Dallas defense. Mm-hmm. But even if Dak plays, you have CeeDee Lamb, Co- Cooper Cup, you have, Z. C- I mean, not Cooper, sorry, not Cooper Cup, sorry, Amari Cooper. Um, and then also we might have Michael Gallup back this week since mm-hmm. the first time since week one or two, which is great, but he will take targets away from CD and Cooper both, but it's, it's just full of, of great matchups here. And, 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 and it's a high scoring game. If you have any of those, those people, I wouldn't start Gallup out of all receivers on Dallas. It's his first week back. He'll probably have limited snaps If he plays avoid it this week. Mm-hmm. Uh but be confident with Dak, Zeke, C.D., Cooper, Jefferson, Jefferson Thielen, Kirk Cousins, and Dalvin Cook. Start them all and have fun watching the game. Any chance that uh, you fear
0: that one of these make a hole backup running backs? Because both teams have very good backup running backs. Any fear that these guys may vulture you out of some stuff out there if you do go
1: with Dak? I mean, if you go with Zeke? Or Cook? No, uh, it seems like Alexander Madison, he only gets more than like five carries if Cook is hurt. So mm. Cook is safe. On the other hand, with Zeke, it's, he's not as safe with his workload, but he gets every goal line carry out there. Yep. So I I don't think there's any risk of the other running backs right behind him taking any of their, their fantasy value at all.
0: Mm, nice. Uh, So, going forward, though, I mean, all these guys are obviously stardoms. You go all across the board, Point Happy is going to be great. But Dak Prescott, let's say they bring the game down, the decision down to a game-time decision where he's going to play or not. Is that a guy that you risk going out there and him going down to game time saying, you know what, I'm going to sit? Or do you, you know what, maybe you put in a backup plan and you go in with maybe like a 12 o'clock quarterback or maybe a 3 o'clock quarterback?
1: Yeah, I mean, it just depends who's on your roster. If you have someone that starts at the same time, wait for that game time decision. But if you have somebody like Kirk Cousins or any other equal caliber that could give you, you know, decent points, that's a 12, play the 12 o'clock, play the noon. Don't risk Dak being a game time decision because that could force you to start someone like Sam Darnold. Who wants to start Sam Darnold, you know, or... Or anyone else like that, or, or Joe Flacco, if, yeah. if he even plays this week. But Yeah, because you – know, <laughs> You don't want to be forced to start anyone like that. So, I mean, and, and at that point, if Dak's out, I only trust one person on that offense at that oh, point. It's which C.D. One? land. C.D. Yeah. Lamb. He's the only one that gets open consistently with separation. Um, they're going to stack the box and stop Zeke from being able to run the ball. Um, and, and I just – that's the only guy I trust on that offense If Dak's gone. It will be fun
0: to see C.D. going back because the last time they played the Vikings, he had that miraculous touchdown where he was going into the end zone, got one way, and then he leaned all the way back with his hands. It was freaking great to see that stretch. It was against uh, the first round corner that they had at the time for the Vikings before they cut that guy. So he's done. But nevertheless, it'll be a great game to watch. I cannot wait. It is going to be a phenomenal ending to Halloween night. I cannot wait. Um, the next game we'll get to, this one is also a divisional matchup, but in the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills, obviously they're taking charge of that division. It looks like they're the new New England Patriots where they're just going to dominate for many, many years to come and no one is going to stand a chance. But good old Dolphins, all right, they'll be that's who they'll be taking on. That's who's visiting good old Buffalo. And Tua T, a guy that has had so much crap brain down on him over this past week. Will the Dolphins trade for to uh for Deshaun Watson? Hey, they even asked him in a press conference. Do you do you feel wanted by the Dolphins? Like this guy, just it has been coming from every direction right now. Even his playability has been a bit questionable at times. So, how do you feel about Tua T and company facing off against a fresh Bills team that is coming off a of bye week?
1: As a Texans fan, I want that trade to go through. I want us to get Tua. Hopefully, that's part of the deal. Because Tua has been tearing it up. In Week Seven, he was a QB one. Nice. He is getting he is getting better with every start. Okay, so Tua um, over the past couple of games, mm-hmm. six hundred twenty yards, six touchdowns, three interceptions nice. over the past two weeks. He's a QB one week. Week Seven, like I said, but at the same time, he's playing against the Buffalo Bills defense. Oh. That's His interceptions, well-resist. exactly. His interceptions scare me. He has three picks over the last two games. Mm-hmm. Will he continue to put up the yardage and then, but also give you a couple picks? So my hesitation is the interceptions. But at the same time, I look at it this way: Bills will probably go up pretty fast. They have Josh Allen. They're going to be passing the ball. Oh, yeah. I see. I see two are throwing up, throwing over three hundred yards, probably two or three touchdowns with an interception.
0: Oh, I believe that, especially if it's garbage, t- garbage time. Once they get into the fourth quarter, if in that quarter alone he can get you about 150 yards and two touchdowns, I mean, that's a solid amount of points just in the fourth quarter, plus whatever he'll get you in the previous three, maybe he gets you six, seven points. But again, that strong fourth quarter could definitely make him worth that starting position. Now, uh, the running back situation there, holy crap. I mean, is Miles Gaskin someone that you're going to start buying into now, or is this guy just – freaking roller coaster that's going to drive you mad the rest of the year.
1: They have the worst running back situation in the NFL. Yep. Well, besides the Texans and Atlanta Falcons, in my opinion. But um, I avoid it at all costs. You never know who's going to be running the ball. You never know who's going to have a good week. I know Gaskin has had a few decent weeks, but I, don't, I have no idea why the Dolphins won't trade for a running back or pick up a different running back or do something – to get someone in there, it, I mean, you don't need Watson. You need a running back. Yep. You have some decent wide receivers. You just need a good running game. And, and I just don't understand that. So I, I avoid all Dolphins running backs. I mean, what do you think about that situation?
0: Oh, man, I absolutely hate it because every time I'm like, finally, okay, Gaskin, I drafted you. I expect you to do this. <laughs> now let's go give me some points. And then he decides to just hate me and do nothing. But then I bench him because I'm like, well, you screwed me. Why am I going to start you? And then he goes off for a couple of tatties. I'm like, you son of a mother. Oh, God, Gasky, you you really ruined my life out there. Like, I have nothing but hatred for you at the moment. It is absolutely wild. But the receivers, do you feel any better about any of those guys? Jalen Waddle, the rookie out there. He's he's having himself a pretty decent year for a rookie. Obviously not to the Jamar Chase level, but still, nevertheless, him and Devontae Smith are, are pretty good out there for both Alabama receivers.
1: Yeah, I really like Waddle out there. He's the wide receiver one on that team. Um, He's going to keep on getting better too each week. So I do like him in a flex position. Would I start him in your top running back slots? Probably not. If you have someone that's on a different team, that's that same caliber. But on on the opposite side, you have Diggs. I love Diggs. He started slow. People, even myself, were very frustrated with him. Um, I'm not in many PPR leagues, but the ones I was in, I actually drafted Diggs. That's the only time I ever have him. He was (laughs) only getting like three, four catches a game instead of his normal like eight, nine. Mm -hmm. And so we saw right before their bye, I think, yeah, they had a bye week last week. We saw right before that bye, finally, welcome back to the NFL, Stefan Diggs. That's right. He's back, and I don't think that's going anywhere because they have to have Diggs involved in order to be successful.
0: What about Manny Sanders? Because we've seen this guy just – him and Cole Beasley are quietly both having some pretty good seasons out there. Is that just a product of Josh Allen is a machine and everyone has to get a piece? Or are these guys just worth a starting roster
1: spot? Man, I love Sanders. Um, I actually went after a week, like one or two, to go look if he was available in a lot of leagues, and he was not. And rightly so. He is still fast, quick, gets separation – And people focus on Stefan Diggs. Why would you, I mean, they're going to double team him or focus more on him. He is going to be open. So he has consistently had catches. I'm I'm not a big fan of Beasley. He had a good game. The last, last game out wide open in the end zone after he's, you know, Josh Allen scrambles out in the back corner of the end zone, no one near, he could have, he could have walked like 50 yards if he needed to after he caught the ball. But uh yeah, I love Sanders. That's a great flex start. I would absolutely be confident in him.
0: Man, it's going to be great. Now, uh, the running backs, one, because obviously Josh Allen, he's a starter. You Every time this guy plays, you start him out, they let him go boss out. But the running back situation, are these guys worth a spot on your roster, even on the bench, or should they just be freelancers that roam the rest of free agency from here until the rest of time?
1: I hate the running back situation. I want to look at the coach yeah. and say, will you pick a damn running back for fantasy football managers? Mm-hmm. I know your offense is dominant, but you'll have one. You'll have Moss that you know, goes for 50, 60 yards in a touchdown one mm-hmm. week. And, and then you have the other go for 50, 60 yards the next week. You never know who to start. So I have steered clear. I won't trade for these backs. I won't draft them. Stay away. And it, it's so weird, though, because it's such a powerful, dynamic offense. Mm-hmm. And usually there's one running back in that type of offense that you can depend on. No, there is one. zero. You Dang. can't depend on any of them unless you're just desperate. Yeah, it's two it's bad backfields going
0: at it right here. But it, it, it'll be very fun to watch because the AFC East, I know the Dolphins are still very upset about how their season ended last year with the Buffalo Bills taking the crown, obviously, of their division. When they themselves had a very good squad, so now they get to the face off again. It is time for Tua T's revenge to prove to everyone why the team should not trade for Deshaun Watson, or if they do, maybe he proves them right. But we'll definitely see because it's going to be a very great game out there for the AFC East. Now, obviously, there are a ton of games to get to. So, real quick, before you keep on moving forward, people, go to Instagram, go to Twitter, follow us at Late Round Flyers. All right, we talk all things fantasy football all day and night. If I don't answer your message instantly, I apologize. That is because more than likely you're emailing me at about one in the morning. Okay. Give me about two hours and I'll be awake at 3 a.m. Central time. So that's whenever. i get back to you. Until then, until to make sure you go hit that follow button again, hit us up. We love talking fantasy football, even though he's on vacation. I know my boy Lance checks those messages religiously. He apologized to his wife in advance because I know he still does it. Sorry if I just threw you under the bus, but, um, Nevertheless, we will continue on with the show because that's what we're going to do. But instead of going forward the rest of these games, all right, I wanted to play a little game, okay? We obviously have some trick-or-treating that's about to go down this weekend, but instead of trick-or-treating, because obviously I have no treats and I don't know how to do tricks, we're going to play a little bit something different, you know? Maybe like, uh, there's always those pictures going around, whether you want to, I forgot how it goes, you kill someone, you marry someone, it's just insane. We're not going to do none of that nonsense, <laughs> So instead, what we're going to do, we're going to pick three players, okay? And you're going to tell me, Austin, which one would you start, who would you bench, and who would you trade, okay? Out of these three guys, you know, you can trade them for whatever reason. Maybe that person will get you the most value. Maybe you just trade them away because you don't want them on your squad. You tell me what you would do, okay? We'll kick things off with the quarterback position. We talked about him earlier, Mr. Kirk Cousins. This guy has good receivers out there, very good quarterback. But nothing amazing to most people out there. Then we have Mr. Ryan Tannehill starting to wake up. Him and A.J. Brown back at it again. Good combo. But now we bring in our third guy, Mr. Carson Wentz, who also looks to have woken up from his slumber and is now playing like the reason why he was drafted number two overall to the Philadelphia Eagles and uh, now got traded to the good old Indianapolis Colts. So of these three guys, who would you start? Who would ride the bench? and who
1: would you trade away? Rudy, I purposely did not even look at this before we decided to record this podcast because I wanted to be thrown off guard here <laughs> Yo, and make a decision real time on this. <laughs> oh my god, you're so, And by the way, this should be a segment every show going forward. I love way, it. I'm down. Fun. Um I would start yeah, I would start Kirk just like I said before. Um, he's consistent. He's been dominating. Why would you not go with Kirk Cousins here? The trade, I would trade – actually, I would trade Ryan Tannehill out of this. Tannehill's not consistent. He has that connection with A.J. Brown. And then for Carson Wentz, that's the guy I would bench. Have in your back pocket, Mm -hmm. that's who I would take. I mean, what would your order be on this?
0: Oh, man, you know what? I love it. You know, uh, start Kirk Cousins because, again, I love the weapons that he has. The Ryan Tannehill, I think someone will buy enough to give me a good quarterback out there. You know, I can make some magic – I mean, some uh, running back action or a receiver that I may need, maybe even a better tight end. But I can get some damage out there for good old Ryan Tannehill, hopefully. And then Carson Wentz, uh, yeah, you know what? I, I like him on the squad. I think he has a pretty good schedule down the line, and uh, maybe he can win me some matchups out there. But we'll definitely see what he keeps rolling with us. Going forward, though, okay, we'll continue on with the running back position. We got Mr. Lenny Fournette. Okay, I've been preaching about this guy since the beginning of the season. Antonio Gibson, who I'm in love with, this guy is great to watch play football. Or Mr. Saquon Barkley, who was hurt, obviously. But you know what? Should we making a miraculous comeback maybe here in the near
1: future? For me, the trade is very easy here. It's Gibson. Gibson and a dynasty league got traded two first-round mm-hmm. draft picks for him. But that's for long term. This year, like I said last week, he has a stress line fracture in his shin. He's getting less than 50% of the carries um, in the backfield. Not even worth playing this year. Just trade him and, and try to get a different rotating running back. Even right now for Gibson, I wouldn't even mind getting a CH type caliber running back. That's going to be coming back from injury. Someone like that. That's going to be getting majority snaps on their team on a dynamic offense. Just go for it. Nice. Uh, nice. Barkley's my bench candidate. Can a guy stay healthy? Oh, that's
0: the million like, dollars question. He,
1: exactly. You might start him. He only might only play a quarter. You never know. The guy's never healthy. I can never trust him. I never draft him in any of my leagues unless it's value. If he gets to the second round for me, I'll draft him, but he's never there. Um, but Fournette, in the beginning of the year, and you can ask even a lot of my league mates, I was anti-Fournette. He's part of a, a running back by committee. Don't want anything to do with him because Bruce Arians' offense, but Bruce Arians has finally said, you know what? I want Leonard Fournette to mm-hmm. actually do his thing. And he's actually dominating the running back position and making Tom Brady look great as well, in my opinion, because he dumps that ball off. He opens the pass game up by his running ability and his power. I would start Leonard Fournette in a heartbeat.
0: Nice. That would be a very good combo out there because Lenny has been great. Honestly, since the offseason, I've been me and Lance went at it back and forth because he was not happy with me at all. I was telling people to jump on Fournette in the sixth round and he could get you a RB2 type of uh, points. It's happening, but honestly, it, it was just because I love the player in college and I thought year two would just get him a little bit more insight onto it, like how the team was going to go. And Plus, I, didn't, I never liked Ronald Jones other than when he was at USC. Moving forward, okay, we'll go with the last one, the wide receivers, because the tight ends, we're not going to do this dance, okay? Those guys are all just terrible. First five, six guys are okay after that. Terrible. All right. Charles These guys get him out of here. So the receivers. We're going to go with some guys that are not the aces on their squad, but they are very good number twos. Mr. Robert Woods. Obviously he has Cooper Cup being a machine next to him, but Robert Woods is starting to do some damage over there with Matt Stafford. Then we have T. Higgins. I know we are both big fans of this guy. Freaking loved him at Clemson, but Jamar Chase looks to have just come and taken over that squad. Then we have Adam Thielen, all right? He might be a little bit older than these fellows, but he is still putting up some grown man numbers across from that young buck named Justin Jefferson. So who would you trade? Who would you start? And who rides the bench?
1: I would trade Robert Woods here. Um, Inconsistent. Inconsistent. And he's, in that offense, if you're not the lead receiver, you're not going to do much. He has good gains, But with, with Stafford, he's no longer the number one receiver on that squad. I loved Woods in previous years. Not this year. He's he's a good flex start because of the high volume of passing in that offense. But in this scenario, I'm going to have to trade him. Um, Bench. I'm going to bench T. Higgins. I'm going right down the line here. Okay. T. Higgins is my boy. I mean, I collect all his rookie cards, his autograph. He's my boy. I love T. Higgins. I have him in all my dynasty, most of my dynasties, all but one. But I think Higgins Higgins gets almost double-digit targets every game. Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow, in my opinion, has been the problem recently of why Higgins has not been producing, but he's finally in the last two weeks becoming Joe Burrow again after his his injury. And so he's going to throw for 350, 400 yards every game almost, in my opinion, moving forward. So Higgins is a great start. Because Jamar Chase can't do it all eventually. Eventually, defenses are going to be focusing on him and actually trying to put pressure on him. But Thielen is my absolute start here. Thielen is in a high-power offense that spreads the ball out. He's consistently getting touchdowns and targets. Why would you not go with Adam Thielen? He's been consistent for years. There's nothing you have to worry about. He has a veteran quarterback, Thielen all the way.
0: Yeah, no, I love Adam Thielen. Him and Kirk Cousins, they be punching each other on the field and stuff. I mean, it's wild out there. (laughs) Those guys get down, literally. It's amazing to watch that nice combo start growing out there and making some damage happen for offenses. I cannot wait again to see these guys start connecting on Sunday night football, even if it is against the Dallas Cowboys, which I do like to cheer for. But it's still going to be great nevertheless. So, uh, yeah, those are some great trades out there. Now, uh, I love the starch as well because, man, those guys are going to do phenomenal things. I cannot wait to see what's in store for us. Again, uh, we did tell everyone at the beginning of the show, we are past the halfway point because, again, there's 17 weeks, more than likely, in most fantasy leagues. So 14 of them are regular season. The last three are playoffs, in most, not all of them. Some people have some special ways that you guys play. More power to you. But if you have 14 regular seasons games, it is now past the halfway point. It is now to begin week one of the second half. Being that it's week one of the second half, Austin, what players do you have on your radar that you are like, Okay, maybe the first half didn't go their way, but maybe it's time to make a change, trade for these guys and let these guys lead me to victory and throw me into one of those playoff spots. Or do you have any guys out there that are like, maybe they had a pretty good first half, but now for the second half, it's time to ditch them and let's let their plane crash and burn the way they normally do.
1: Yeah, I mean, my number one target right now in trades that I'm, I'm going after for a very low value is Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is a beast. Right now, I think he's around wide receiver 34, 35 yep. in a lot of leagues. And in the past few years, he's been inside the top 20 every time. Yep. Uh, I think he's been targeted almost 10 times per game, right under 10 times. And he's on pace for over 160 targets this year. Yep, we he, did His this. bad luck this year is not going to continue. I know everyone's Mike Williams, you know, is – is the guy there now? Yes, I love Mike Williams in, in, in his role. But another thing to look at with Keenan Allen, especially for Week 8, is Mike Williams went into bye week with a, a very swollen knee. Ooh. So those knees like that don't just heal in one week just by sitting there. So Mm-mm. look for Mike Williams to be rotating in and out, in my opinion. But Keenan Allen is truly the number one wide receiver on that team. And look for him to make a statement in the, in the second half of the season.
0: Oh man, I cannot wait because Yiquina is a guy that for some reason not everyone is extremely high on when they honestly should be. That guy is great to watch that guy man football. Plus, as the veteran out there, him and Justin Jefferson do have a very strong connection. Uh, one of the guys that I thought of uh, when when thinking about this, his number isn't so high because of maybe the weeks that he's missed. But Mr. Calvin Ridley, do you have any thoughts on this guy? This guy should be headhunted or am I trippy?
1: I'm not the biggest Calvin Ridley fan, Rudy. Um, I never have been. Um, Julio Jones was my guy when he was there. So when Julio left, I got upset. But, I mean, there's so much volume there with with Matt Ryan playing very well, which I was wrong about last week. Um, I mean, there's there's 300 yards to go around each and every week. Um, But – really should pick up his pace i think that you made a great point there he started off slow he's had a couple of decent games but there's no reason for his numbers to just explode in my opinion and actually be that true you know wide receiver one on that team putting giving you around 100 yards and a touchdown almost every game he should be that guy so look for him to do have a lot better second half of the season
0: man it would be great out there to see any of that happening? Um, do you have any guys that you shouldn't? Maybe some guys that you should stay away from in the second half. Maybe some guys that you're trying to get rid of while they're pretty while,
1: while they're playing pretty hot. Yeah, people to get away from. It's on my list. It's no one that's playing amazing right now and get away from is people that are starting to get hot or on people's radars that I'm saying avoid. Um, and, and avoid the trade value, Troy pick, avoid a, a waiver, waiver pickup, which probably already happened. I'm not a big fan of Kenneth Gainwell from the Eagles. Um, the Eagles That's don't good. like running the ball. They hey, hate it. No, running, no they, they hate it. They just want to throw the ball and let Jalen Hurts run the ball, which mm-hmm. is fine. That's their offense. It's good for fantasy for Jalen Hurts. But I'm avoiding that running back position no matter what. I mean, he's on everyone's waiver wire pickup and must have him. No. I'm avoiding him, Mm -hmm. I mean, at at all costs there. And another one is Jameis Winston. Even though Michael Thomas is coming back, which is a great pickup or a trade for cheap right now, they look scared to throw the ball. People think that when Michael Thomas comes back, I've been reading a lot of things, hearing people talk to me about it. Hey, when he comes back, it's going to be a big boost. You know, maybe he'll, he'll come back to that you know, 5,000-yard season. and do, No, I don't I don't think so. They are literally scared to have him throw the ball because he likes throwing interceptions way too often. <laughs> oh, man, poor famous
0: James. Still can't get the confidence of his squad out there. It sucks to be him. But you know what? Uh, he does have the athletic ability. It'll just be if Sean Payton allows him to make those random things happen out there. But, yeah, no, James Winston, you should probably not try to jump on that bandwagon anytime soon. So real quick, I wanted to get your thought on one specific team out there because I do have quite a few questions on them. It's a a team that I find a little bit mind-boggling, okay? The Denver Broncos. I know it's random. 100%. I agree. But they get Jerry Judy back, okay? He's coming back from injury after being an IR for a while. Corlin Sutton has been playing fairly well. Now, is Corden Sutton someone that you want to get rid of before Jerry Judy shows up, or do you hang on and, Think to yourself, man, Jerry's going to take some pressure off of him. Maybe some man, some less
1: uh, double teams against Cortland. And now this guy can really explode. I don't think Cortland Sutton's value is going to go down. I don't think his target share is really going to hit a dramatic decrease either. I think Noah Fant's um, target share is going to go down because he's getting targeted like a wide receiver right now. And he's not that. Um, out of anyone that's going to be affected from Jerry Judy coming back. But if we look at everything going on right now, they have a terrible quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater looks lost on the field. He looks like he's not confident. Looks like he doesn't care, in my opinion. I don't like that offense unless they put someone else at quarterback. At, at this point, in my opinion, I really have Drew Locke in there making risky passes, trying to make big plays just to give give these receivers a chance. But I just don't – Think Cortland Sutton's gonna have that big of a decrease, right? At, at his targets.
0: Already now on the running back side of things, on the same squad. Obviously, the Melvin Gordon thing and Javante Williams, much like that Buffalo team, is two running backs that you can never count one of them specifically. But both of these guys have been having pretty decent success, even in the fantasy football world. Melvin Gordon has outscored in fantasy football-wise in four of the seven games. But good old uh Javante Williams is starting to – it looks like he's coming into his own as a big PPR guy just getting targets left and right. Are either one of these guys worth keeping on your team, or do you try to split ways while they're, you know what, playing somewhat decently, maybe you go get somebody else?
1: I'm a huge Javante Williams fan coming second half of the season. Um, He's averaging 4.6 yards a carry as a rookie, which is amazing. Uh, And and just remember this. This is how I look at fantasy. When you have two backs that are performing – Equal, but I still think Williams is performing better than Melvin Gordon overall in the past game and running, running the ball. I honestly think they're in the second half of the season. They're going to invest time in, into the guy that's their future. Melvin Gordon is not their future. They wouldn't have drafted Williams if he was. Look for Williams and be patient with him to have a huge boost in the second half of the season where you can use him in, in your fantasy playoffs.
0: Yeah, no, it would be freaking great to see some more Javante Williams, not only because I have him in the dynasty leagues that we're in, but because I just love this guy. I mean, they ended up trading right in front of the Dolphins come draft day to get Javante. Like, that's how much they wanted this guy. And he's starting to become a very good player overall. So I cannot wait for, to see what this guy can do in the fantasy football world and on the real field. Um, Real quick, though, before we do get out of here, uh, we do have obviously still so much fantasy football to get to. But again, security here is tight. We have 52 minutes here. And before they start kicking us out, it's just ridiculous. You know what? I got to talk to management. It's just it's nonsense. But before we do leave, we do have Mr. Austin and his closing thoughts out there. Austin, what kind of advice? Again, you obviously say you're not the life guru. I doubt that I still think you are. You're just hiding it. And you don't want to really help us. But in the fantasy football world, what kind of advice can you give these people to start off, week one of the
1: second half going forward. Listen to our recommendations. That's number one. I love it. <laughs> number two, not even for this this week. Go, since it's early for week eight, go trade for Trey Lance. Oh, that's yes. that's my last piece of advice because he's going to be starting and he's going to be hot in the fancy playoffs when they play Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston. Mm. The three weeks of the fancy playoffs. So go pick him up uh, for for those three matchups. It'll be great for you.
0: Man, that'll be freaking great real quick. Also, real quick, one last question before we do get the hell out of here, because I can already see the security guard knocking on the glass door. to Come kick us out of here. Obviously, Halloween is Sunday. Okay, there's a gentleman that goes by the name Terry McLaurin, a.k.a. Scary Terry. Is this guy about to have a scary good day or a scary bad day? Scary
1: Terry's always going to have a scary good day. And when he doesn't, it's it's – very rare. I would always start him. Scary Terry is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL and I don't know why he's not in discussion for one of the best. No matter who's the quarterback, he puts up numbers. He's like a DeAndre Hopkins when he was in Houston. Yep. He can have 12 different quarterbacks, but he's still going to get production.
0: Oh heck yeah, now. He's in for a scary great day like too. Like I'm not going to I think the power of Halloween <laughs> and the nickname Scary Terry. I'm predicting Five touchdowns, breaking records. Let's go, Scary Terry. Let's get wild, man. It's Halloween, baby. It's your birthday. Let's go party, Scary Terry. But, again, from us to you guys, thank you so much, Austin, for joining us once again. It is a scary Halloween weekend, so hopefully you guys can spook your opponents and get some Ws out there, get some uh, crucial wins. Because, again, week one of the second season, of the second half, begins tonight. Or, well, well, for us it does. For you, it probably started a couple days ago or whenever you decided to listen to this. Again, don't forget, hit us up on Instagram, on Twitter, Late Round Flyers. You just got to go hit that follow button. Hit us up at any time during the day or night. DM us, DM us, and uh, we'll definitely get at you guys, all right? So stay safe, get some wins, and above all, go trick-or-treating, man. Get you some great candy out there for us.